on today's episode of Locked On Canucks, day two of the NHL entry draft concludes. We will dive into the Canucks, further selections, look selection, and of course, address the elephant in the room, Mr. JT. It's Locked On Canucks on a Friday, and it starts now. On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today, Friday's episode, July the eighth of Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I am, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports, our show's Twitter at Locked On Canucks. And please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and, of course, available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, the Canucks continued on, soldiered on with their draft picks today. They finalized 2022 NHL draft class for the Vancouver Canucks. Was number 15 overall. Jonathan Lekromacki, we all went through that yesterday at the 80th position defenseman. Get ready for this. Elias Pedersen. No, you. I am not misspoken. I am not crazy. No, the Canucks drafted a guy named Elias Pedersen at the 80th spot. They drafted then Forward at the 112th position, Damian Gardner. Then at goalie at the 144th position, Ty Young. Um, Jackson Dorrington at pick 176. And finally, at pick 208, defenseman Krill Kudyratsev. Hopefully I pronounced that right, but we'll see. So first part of this show, we will dive into the picks the Canucks made today. And then we will dive into the pick they made yesterday. And then we will talk about the trade they didn't make just yet because, of course, that still is the hot-button topic in Canucks land. So let's dive right into it. First pick was, of course, defenseman Elias Pettersson. Yes, the Canucks move over Sedin Twins, move over uh, Fedor Fedorov or whatever family relation type thing, Steve Korea. No, the Canucks one outdid themselves this time. They had a pair of Swedish Twins. That were draft that drafted, developed 20 plus years and now be going to the Hall of Fame. And now they have two guys with the same name drafted five years apart. When I saw this, I was like, no, no, there's a spelling mistake. There must be something wrong. Um, Twitter had a field day about it. It's blown up on Twitter. Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious that the Canucks drafted a guy with the same name as their superstar, which was uh, pretty funny. Uh, also, another great moment from today on the draft was Bruce Brudro uh, doing an interview with NHL Network and then getting surprised by WWE wrestler Kevin Owens. Of course, the Canucks had the WWE Championship belt that they had after the post game of every uh, post game for the game of the ma- man of the match, not soccer man of the match, player of the game um, that was dedicated because. As we all know, Bruce Brudro is a big wrestling fan, just like myself. Another reason why I just love Bruce Brudro. Um, he just is such a vibe. You know, I saw him 
you know, walking into uh, the draft yesterday down the red carpet, um, standing out there. You know, he had, you know, everybody has their, their suits all, you know, unbuttoned. Uh, Bruce had his buttoned up. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, another side note about suits, uh, the Arizona Coyotes doing the matching suit thing. Um, extremely tacky. Uh, there was no reason to do that. Um, you guys are all grown adults. Um, I feel like matching um, when you're over the age of 13, not even that, for a significant event, unless you're a kid, there's no reason for you to be matching, especially grown adults. Uh, but then again, that's the Arizona Coyotes and nothing they really do uh, warrants decisions made by uh, grown adults. So um, that was the, the fun tidbits about the draft. But uh, the Canucks, of course, uh, selected Elias Pettersson with the 80th overall pick. Uh, he was ranked uh, as high as 57th by elite prospects, uh, as low as 106 by the puck authority, by the puck authority. So, you know, if you do the law on averages, the Canucks finally took him like right exactly where, um, you know, market value where he was expected to be taken. Uh, he played with Orebo uh, in the Swedish Hockey League last season. Um, he scored 10 goals uh, and eight assists in 37 uh, games. And he also played with the first team. Uh, so he played for the under-20 team, averaged 10 goals, excuse me, sorry, not average, scored 10 goals, eight assists for 18 points in 37 games, played with their first team in the Swedish Hockey League, uh, and managed one assist. He also played for... Uh, represented Sweden at the re- he represented Sweden at the World Under Hockey 18 Championships went pointless in six games um, and he won the, for the team that won the gold medal uh, he was a teammate of course with Jonathan Lecter Mackey um, reports are indicating he's a fluid skating two-way blue liner with size and a solid shot but he needs to work on his playmaking his body more using his body more efficiently but people say he can't project to be a second to third pair defenseman um, funny enough, Elias Pettersson's favorite player is Elias Pettersson. Um, I don't think it was that surprising. I don't know if that was just for the media. Um, but, you know, again, the Canucks go to their pipeline of Sweden with, of course, Thomas Gradine. And now they got a Michael Samuelson out there foreseeing the um, prospects out there. So looking at this pick, if he can project out to be a second to third pairing defenseman. That's, you know, depth defenseman, what the Canucks kind of need. So the next question is with Elias Pettersson, what number will he take? Now we have EP40 already. Will he be EP something else? You know, he was taken at the 80th pick. Maybe he'll be EP80, right? That could work. Uh, he could be one of the uh, the only defensemen to wear number 80. I don't think any other Canuck has worn number 80 but um we'll see again canucks want i wanted the canucks to go defense and they did that so uh i am you know glad the canucks did decide to go um in that route and you know address the back end so uh fan of that then with the 112th pick they took um damien gardner forward from the from Ontario. He's also about to play in the BCHL for the Chilliwack Chiefs next season. So good news. He's going to be a local kid. We can go watch him play in the BCHL. Um, again, a, a probably will be a project. He's going to play in the BCHL, then probably go down the college road. Uh, at least prospects had him ranked 54th on their list. Uh, he's a six foot four, 201 pound center with uh, an over, uh, you know, he was an overwhelming attacker at the high school level. He was a very dominant player in high school. 83 points in 30 games. 
Um, his play at the USHL was never really affected his overall impact, but he is a very uh, high impact player. His hockey sense is supposed to be elite. Uh, he drives the middle of the lane, exploits his frame. Uh, he's a monster along the wall. So the sandpaper that uh, Jay, all these Jays, man. He's got the sandpaper that Jim Rutherford was talking about. Um, he jumps into battles. He's a net front presence. So um, he, you know, he will play the game very well. Um, and again, this will be another depth center here that the Canucks can use because, quite frankly, right now, uh, going forward, the Canucks don't have any depth centers uh, to take the bottom, you know, bottom half of their lineup. So uh, we'll see what happens with. Uh, Damian Gardner, see if he can potentially grow into that. Then uh, the Canucks took Ty Young, the 17-year-old from Alberta, uh, the goaltender. Yeah, so the 144th overall pick, the Prince George Cougars goalie. So again, they went local here. You got a guy who's going to play for the uh, the Chilliwack Chiefs and now a guy who plays for the Prince George Cougars. So all those people complain with the Canucks don't go local. They, well, they had a couple local flavors here. Um, he's got raw qualities, um, Ty Young. Uh, the goaltending coach likes, you know, goaltending coach Ian Clark likes his prospects to have a lot of raw talent, you know, like a blank canvas to work with. Um, his numbers aren't weren't the best, uh, but he, you know, he has, you know, he's a big goalie at 6'3". Um, he's got elite, you know, he can, you know, he's got technique and is impressive. Um, so that's important when it comes to goals. I'm not the best goalie guy to understand, but I know when technique is there, it's important. So... Uh, the Canucks did take a goalie, and then they filled up their prospect pool, taking uh, another defenseman and a, another defenseman. So uh, they took Jackson Dorrington and Krill. They took defenseman Krill Kudrats, who was a left-hand defenseman uh, who jumped over to North America, played for the Sioux Greyhounds, uh, six foot, one hundred ninety-five pounds, sixty-eight games, five goals, thirty-nine assists. Uh, so you know he had forty-three points in the. Oh, smooth skating blue liners can move the puck. You know, he can jump defenseman and he has confidence carrying the puck, which is important. Now, position you're probably just looking for a guy potentially play in the minors uh, or maybe make a, uh, a big. And they took six foot two, 195 pounds with Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa. Yes. Forty-one games, three goals, and eight assists. He will play at Northwest, Northeastern, excuse me, University, uh, with prospect Aiden McDonough. Uh, reports are saying he's a two-way defender who makes calm, poised plays uh, with the puck on his stick at all zones. So you see the trend here that's going on. The Canucks went with guys who can skate and move the puck, which is the way to be successful in the new NHL. The only way you are going to win games in the NHL now is if you play the puck well and you can skate and move the puck. And that is what the Canucks addressed, the defense, the goalie. All in all, I like what the Canucks did this draft. They addressed needs uh, with a defense. They addressed forwards like a winger, and they added depth at the goalie position, which you can never have enough of. So overall, it's before we give it a grade, um, I do like what the Canucks did. They got a very high-end talent that fell to them in round one, which we will get into after this break. And they filled out holes um, on their roster follow in the subsequent rounds. So all in all, very good draft. I am satisfied with what I saw. Um, but now we'll see what these prospects look like at prospect camp coming up this weekend uh, in Vancouver. And the biggest prospect we're all going to be looking for is Jonathan Lecromecki, 
first round pick, 15th overall. We will dive into him a little bit more coming up after this break. But first, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your sports, favorite sports, excuse me, and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So now we're going to dive into Jonathan Lekromecki, who hopes to join the list of very successful Swedish players in Vancouver. Um, We all talked about his shot yesterday, his NHL shot. His shot is NHL ready, excuse me. That is his biggest, you know, his biggest feat right now is the shot. The shot uh, is an NHL-ready shot. Um, and according to GM Patrick Alvin, the scouts were pounding the table when they were, and that they really wanted to pick him. It was an easy decision. Uh, his ability to score, he's a dynamic offensive player. Uh, he's a, you know, they compared him to Lucas Raymond in Detroit. So, you know, of course, Lucas Raymond was a fourth overall pick in 2020. He scored 23 goals this year. And he, you know, should have been a Calder Trophy finalist. They're both, you know, similar size and stature. Um but the biggest thing that I'm happy about, and I kind of touched on this yesterday, but I want to dive deeper into it, is Henrik and Daniel Sedin and their impact on this player. Um, when you have guys who are first ballot Hall of Famers, and this just ties back into what I was saying about having smart people in the organization, people that know what they're doing. When you have two guys like Henrik and Daniel Sedin, who a guy like John, Jonathan Lekarmecki, uh even acknowledged, like, you know, they're such good Swedes. Now, he might be a little bit younger to remember the Sedins at their height, but having guys that are that well-respected from the same country as you, working with you on a daily basis. Um, it's just a great, you know, a great way to learn. You know, he can be a sponge and soak everything up. So I'm definitely excited for that. Um, you know, he's, you know, he loves watching Elias Pettersson. He's inspired by him. You know, this year, at the junior level this season, he had 20 goals in 26 games, um, led the under-18s in scoring. So this guy, we all know he has the high-end potential. Um, and I'm very excited to see how he... Now, again, he's not going to be in the NHL, probably not this year. Maybe, hopefully, you know, next year, we'll see where he is. But it will be a couple of years before he makes an immediate impact in Vancouver. Uh, I'm, you know, we, we project. But um, if he can come in and, you know, continue that offensive prowess... Um, the Canucks got themselves a player and that potentially could, you know, make Brock Besser expendable in a couple of years, or that can maybe, you know, if the Andre Kuzmenko situation doesn't pan out, you have, you know, an option there with another winger who can slide and who has elite level offensive skills. Now I'm pretty sure Kuzmenko uh, is going to pan out, but when you look at the Canucks young core of wingers, Besser, he still is young, right? Pod Colson, Hoaglander. Um, now you add now you add Jonathan Lakramecki, you know, Danila Klimovich. You have young forwards now in the pipeline that, you know, it's a decent pipeline now of, of young players that are going to be coming up in the system and hopefully develop and become full-time NHLers, which 
I'd like to see. Now, as much as we hate on Jim Benning and stuff like that, and how the prospect pool was kind of, you know, it was decent, but, you know, nobody was making an impact and stuff like that. Well, you know, we could be seeing some of the fruits of that labor with guys like Klimovich or Paul Colson and Hoaglander, especially Paul Colson and Hoaglander. I'm expecting big years from them this year as well. And it's just further, you know, the, the young core or the young prospect core the Canucks are building. Uh, that's what I want to see. And that's what I'm excited to see uh, from Jonathan Lekerbeck. If he can fit into that group, of course, I, he needs to get bigger and stronger um, playing in Sweden. Um, hopefully his body, you know, fills into his body, um, gets a bit more size on him. Because remember when Elias Pedersen came into the league, people were worried about his size and, you know, his ability to fill out. Now, the other thing is defensively. Um, can he become an adequate defensive player? That takes time. That I'm not too worried about. That I believe you can teach, you can build upon. Um, but if you have that elite level offensive skill, you can work with that. That's something that you can step in right away and you see the immediate talent, immediate impact. That's fine. The defense and the 200 foot game, that will come after. Um, so there's work to be done. He's a project, but he's got high end skill, a high end, you know, projection. So the Canucks definitely got a very good player in the first their first round selection. I'm excited to see how he plays in Sweden. I'm sure all of us will be tapped into the Swedish Hockey League to you know check in on all these Canucks prospects and see how they pan out. Um, so that is very exciting. Um, all the prospects. That was the exciting part of the hype. But now the sad part that will come up to after the break is JT Miller. And what the hell is going to happen with that? Because Canucks fans are freaking out uh, about it. So stick around after this final break. We're going to touch on that quickly uh, before we say goodbye for the weekend. And welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So JT Miller was not traded yesterday or today and yesterday i said have faith that the canucks will find the right deal they will play on their own schedule they will play on their own time and they will do what's right well people are freaking out that they're not going to make a trade and that they're losing value on, on it but if and i'm going to harp back to this maybe they don't because they're gaining confidence that they can get a deal and they're closer you know there's was before, it was all about, the talk was about trades and stuff like that. And there was nothing, you know, we're far apart. But now they're, you know, they're, Alvin Rutherford saying, we have no deadline to trade or re-sign JT Miller. Now, this Canucks management staff has been very tight-lipped about a lot of things. And they usually drop a lot of tidbits of information. Um, the Besser contract, you know, reports a couple days earlier, like they're kind of far away. There's nothing there. And then it kind of went quiet. Um and then the deal got done. Now, I'm not saying the same situation is happening, but I'm kind of maybe playing a bit of a hunch that maybe JT Miller is realizing that the grass might not be greener elsewhere, and I might might be smarter for me to take a you know a five six year deal for a little bit you know eight something seven and a half eight something, and potentially build something with a squad that I believe in now. We're not in JT Miller's head. From all the reports we're indicating, he wants that full max deal uh, where he you know, breaks the bank because he's coming off a career year with 99 points. But would he be willing to take a haircut 
to stay in Vancouver, whether that's a haircut money-wise or term-wise or both. And if he does, if JT Miller re-signs in Vancouver, I believe every Canuck fan would be a shocked, surprised, but just wondering how the hell do Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford continue to woo these players to do, to take less money, uh, to come to Vancouver, to stick around at Vancouver? Because um, I think Bo Horvat will be the same thing. Bo Horvat will probably take a little bit less to ensure the Canucks can, you know, remain competitive. Uh, that's Bo Horvat. He took a little bit less. His fine, his first deal, um, and I think he'll get a raise, but he couldn't get more on the open market. So. Um, if JT Miller re-signs, um, and I'm getting this weird hunch that if he because he wasn't traded at the draft, how much better a deal is gonna get? Right now, they could be. I said last night they could be get a better deal if injuries happen or something. Teams get desperate, strike out of free agents. But I'm very intrigued to see what happens now because if they didn't trade him at the draft, which is only a hotbed for a lot of trades. Is there a deal in the pipeline for JT Miller that, you know, it's closer than we think? And if that's the case, then boy, oh boy, buckle up Canucks fans because it could be very, very interesting to see how this shakes down. Um, wouldn't it be something if come next Thursday, uh, July 13th, a Bo Horvat extension gets announced and a JT Miller extension gets announced the same day? I think it's more like the Horvat extension gets announced, but wouldn't that be just another huge news bomb drop by this um, this management team? So let me know what you guys think in the comments. Does JT Miller not getting traded at the draft uh, mean there's a it's a more likely chance that he resigns, or am I just being crazy and that the Canucks are holding on for the best potential package, which seems like the smarter option? But I'm interested to see what you guys have to say. So. Um, that's a talk about JT Miller. Of course, prospect camp starts on Sunday. Uh, very exciting times ahead for the Vancouver Canucks. Free agency is less than a week away. Uh, rumors will continue to swirl. Um, I will continue to talk about them. We'll be back on Monday. So I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, Locked On NHL. The fine folks at Locked On NHL cover the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. And like all Locked On podcasts, it is free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend.